The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Are you ready for operational excellence? Welcome to the Visual Workplace, work that makes sense, where your host and visual workplace expert, Dr. Gwendolyn Galsworth, shares powerful visual principles and practices to optimize your operations and make them safer, faster, better, and far less costly. The Visual Workplace. You can't get to excellence without it. Now, here's Dr. Gwendolyn Galsworth. Hi. Hi, everyone. This is this is Gwendolyn Galsworth, and I welcome you to The Visual Workplace. This is our weekly radio show. Thanks to voiceamerica.com. We are broadcasting all over the world. Right now, it's 4 o'clock in Portland, 7 o'clock in New York, and many, many other times elsewhere in the world. And we are talking about workplace visuality. We've been doing this now. We're going into, we are well into our third year. This is like uh, four weeks into our third year. And I want to thank you very, very much for listening. In our show, we talk about our intelligence and how we can embed our intelligence about our work, about moving through our communities, about going to the movies and finding the right place, going to a football stadium, shopping, how to build the information, the intelligence of our lives into the physical environment, the work environment, the community environment, the road environment. How do we let these places speak, speak to us, providing us with information that we need in order to use them properly, safely, and maximally, effectively. That's what the workplace is for. That's what the environment, the physical environment, is for. It isn't just to hold us up, to give us shelter, but it actually can become a partner with us in its its use, our effective use of it. We become partners. Otherwise, the floor, the wall is dumb, just doing nothing but holding things up, holding us up, holding the roof up. But when we make a partner out of the physical environment, they become our partners. They become our buddies in helping us do the right thing safely on time. And this happens so perfectly that we barely notice it. And it's one of the great revelations of workplace visuality and of all visuality is that the environments around us are already visual. This is the way our lives run through visuality, through our senses. Sight dominant, of course, mostly visual devices, some audio devices, some touch devices, Braille is a good example of that, where information is intentionally designed into material in order to share information through Braille, a system of information sharing, a physical system, by the way, right? Through smell, 
We put sulfur and gas, which comes out of the ground with no smell, no odor, no visibility at all, nothing. And then many, 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 many families unfortunately died when gas, natural gas was brought into our homes because the gas itself carried no message, no warning to say, hey, turn me off. After that great dinner you just cooked and ate, before you go to bed, turn me off so you get a chance to wake up in the morning. Too many families didn't wake up in the morning. Then we put that stinky smell in, and that smell is the message. It's carrying the message. It doesn't say precisely the gas is not turned off, but you smell it, and you say, Honey, you're in bed, right? With your, You're ready to go to sleep. You say, Honey, is that you? Or did you forget to turn the gas off? Oh, yeah, I forgot. Oh, boy. And another family is saved because of the intentional use of information sharing through the senses to send a message that changes behavior. That is what the visual workplaces is. That's its purpose, and that is its function. And it is one of the reasons that it's so important at work where we are around big things that can hurt or mysterious things that have nothing to say to us at all and yet they need to function with our help. So we build in this language. I call it the operational intelligence. We build in our operational intelligence into the living landscape of work and then the workplace speaks. We have made it so and we have to make it so. Even when a greenfield plant is designed, which is kind of an okay step, is designed with visuality built in, there is so much that will not be able to be built in because the process itself will dictate it. The process that is not yet alive in the plant until the humans enter it, until the machines are running, until the those rare and random events called mistakes start popping up and we look around for someone to blame. There's no blame here. There's simply an environment that doesn't yet speak specifically or completely enough for us to be able to do our work in it. Okay? You bring visuality in and not only will you get a 15 to 30% increase in productivity, but you will also get a workplace that is doing precision uh, outputs, precision outputs, whether, you're not, whether or not you're in a hospital, an engineering office, a factory, an open pit mine. So that's what this show is about. And right now, we're now on our sixth show of a series. I thought I was going to be doing three shows on this, but I'm on the sixth, and I'm going to do one more next week. I know specifically what I want to complete with, going to do one more next week and it is about how to become a brilliant visual workplace trainer because I will tell you this language while it is resident in the environments around us in the community to bring it into the workplace you have to teach people how to do it not just yourself because it isn't an engineering overlay or a management decision. It is a process that must be put into place iteratively, cycle after cycle after cycle. You have to learn how to do that. The implementation methodology is as important as 
the methodology of thinking about how to, of thinking of creating visual devices. Okay, those are two different things. We'll be talking about that as well. I want to thank you very much. Before we begin today's show, which is on the topic of training, and I sure hope that you've been listening to it, because if you think that visual device, visual transformation happens by showing some devices or ordering them or inducing them to come about, I hope you realize that that is not so. The trainer is the main transfer mechanism. And the quality of that training, which is what we're going over, I'm showing you how I train and what I've learned about training, this wonderful paradigm, that this is the way that you create deep visuality and deep, deep business benefit. So a couple of announcements before we begin the substance of today's show. I sent out, by the way, uh, we send out a weekly announcement. If we don't have your email and you want to get it directly, send your email to radio at visualworkplace.com and ask us to put you on our mailing list. And, of course, we'll send that to you. We will also send you, on uh, my first announcement of today, we will also send you our flyers. We are going to do one last, actually, this is only the second time this year that I'm doing it in the, in this country. We will be sending, uh, we will be doing a visual workplace uh, public event in Portland, Oregon, on December 9th, 10th, and 11th. The first on uh, Monday, December the 9th, is going to be our flagship Visual Workplace Visual Thinking Seminar, where I introduce my approach, where I, through 100 examples, 150 examples, show you how to think visually by looking at visual devices in terms of their principles in terms of the motion, in terms of the information that is shared or not shared. I will give you the basic methodology. We'll be talking about eye-driven. I will, I think, make a very convincing case of what a visual workplace is, how it works, why it works, and why it's so important. Okay? We will also, during that seminar, learn a diagnostic mechanism that I call the 10 Doorways Assessment Tool. And then we will use that two days later at a visual sight assessment which we're going to be doing at Rose City Printing and Packaging, a local company here that has begun its visual journey. That's on the third day, which is Wednesday, December the 11th. It's going to be a 7.30 to 3 o'clock day. It is not a tour. Of course, we're going to tour and look around, but it is looking at what is there and what is not there and actually mapping out the level of visuality and mapping out for this company, Rose City Printing and Packaging, what is the next steps? And yes, they are machine-dominated, but, you know, if you run a hospital, come to, uh, come to the site assessment and you will learn how to look at your hospital from the point of view of visuality. And by the way, you have to go to the seminar on Monday in order to come to the site assessment on Wednesday unless you've been to one of my seminars very recently within the last year and a half. Okay, so it's fresh in your mind. On the second day, we're going to be doing the principles and practices of visual leadership. This is a seminar. I'm writing a book on visual leadership. It is about the constructs of visuality that will help leaders, CEOs, presidents be effective, how to decide and how to drive, how to say yes to the few and wait to the many, how to be a leader. 
and how to be a leader even if you aren't a compelling natural leader, few of us are, even if you're uptight or too loosey-goosey or however you characterize yourself as being an unsuccessful leader, the constructs are there to give a shape and intent and a drive to your plans, to your objective, to your objectives, to your vision, all of that. And all of that without sacrificing operational performance or the business case. The business case, in fact, is embedded in these constructs. So I invite you to come. It's a really, really good seminar. I think it really, um, if you are a leader or manager or if you are a continuous improvement specialist and you're supposed to be helping your leaders, this is the workshop for you. Okay, so everybody speaks the visual language. It's a universal language, not just operators, not just maintenance people working with machinery, but hospital CEOs, surgeons, directors, VPs, quality staff, HR, engineering, okay, universal language. So I hope you come. You can uh, get our of uh, information, fact sheets, or whatever on the homepage of our website, visualworkplace.com, or send us an email, radio at visualworkplace.com, and we will send you the flyers. Uh, this is, uh, we've got about six weeks before it begins. We just announced it last week. It's first come, first served, and we hope that you uh, join us. And, and... I have one more big, big, big announcement. I waited until this week to tell you. We are beginning at a new time next week. I have asked to be more in the middle of the day so that people who want to listen to me at work, we've received a lot of emails saying, can you please make it a little bit earlier? And we have a really, really good spot. It's going to be on Thursday, Thursday at 10 a.m. Pacific time. That will be 1 p.m. East Coast time. That's our new time beginning next week. And because we are beginning next week, we will not have what we had planned previously, which is a call-in day. We're going to let that run a couple of more times in our new spot so you all get used to it, and then we'll have a call-in show. Those call-in shows are really terrific. And uh, we have also received your emails with your questions. So I think we'll probably read one or two of those questions uh, out of respect for your sending them in, and uh, we appreciate that. Thank you very much. So next week, we're at 10 a.m. on Thursdays, no longer Tuesday at 4 o'clock, the way it is today, okay? So those are the announcements for today, and you know what? I somehow or other blew the whole first segment of the show telling you these things, but they were important. They are important. And when we come back from our first break, in just a moment, we're going to begin to do our next cut, our next um, cycling through how to become a brilliant visual workplace trainer. I'll see you in a moment. comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. 
Are you ready to bring the power of the visual workplace to your company? Gwendolyn Galsworth, visual workplace expert and award-winning author, is available to help you harness and maximize that power. With nearly 30 years of hands-on experience, Dr. Galsworth shows you how through in-house seminars, site assessments, total company conversions, keynotes, coaching, and consulting. Learn about visuality through our books, DVDs, on-demand webinars, visual edge learning packages, and a host of other teaching materials. Enroll in the Visual Lean Institute and get trained and licensed as an instructor or QMI affiliate in any of our nine core visual workplace courses. Keep your visual workplace going and growing. Visit our website at visualworkplace.com to learn more about workplace visuality, our products and services, and when Gwendolyn will be presenting near you. That website again is visualworkplace.com. From the boardroom to you. Voice America Business Network. You're listening to The Visual Workplace, work that makes sense with Dr. Gwendolyn Galsworth. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's toll-free, 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to radio at visualworkplace.com. Now, back to the program. Hi, welcome back. Welcome back to the second segment of the Visual Workplace this day. And uh, we are now going to get into the new content, a little bit of review for those of you who are perhaps just joining us or just rejoining us uh, during this series. So what we've been talking about for the last, this is the sixth show, is how to become a brilliant visual workplace trainer. And you will remember I've said to you, this is a paradigm, this is something uh, an event, a condition, a process that the trainer is the primary transfer point on, the primary bridge between the past, the non-visual workplace, and the future, which is a fully functioning visual workplace. It is not to say that there isn't a strong infrastructure that is put into place during the planning and the launch process. There is, and we've spent plenty of shows talking about that. And it is not to say that management does not need to support visibly and continuously this process. Of course, they do. But we're talking about now the event between the knowledge and the transfer of knowledge and the people who are seeking to learn visuality, even if they don't even know that they want it, because they're in the training room, they've been targeted and this may be familiar to you, we target through the laminated map, we decide where to begin. We do the same thing if we're training supervisors, although the content is different. We train, we teach them different mechanisms, different constructs of visuality. When we're training CEOs, the trainer is there. I may look like a coach, but what I'm really doing is training. There's a certain amount of content, a certain kind of knowledge that has to be transferred and then we begin to apply it and learn it more deeply and get it carved to our particular situation. So the trainer really needs to, really is that bridge. We are focusing during the series of shows on the operator level, since many of you are involved in that, training operators to think a new way. We call that new way visual thinking. 
to understand the world through a visual construct. So we're going to be using uh, the operator level. And our platform and my company for doing that is called Work That Makes Sense. That's the yellow book that came out in 2012, 2011. It won the Shingo Prize. It's a great book, 500 colored pictures. It's on Kindle now. And I think it's uh, pretty much print-on-demand in, in many, many countries in the world. But it's basically what do you do after the first three S's. We wanted to really emphasize in this book, and when we do this, there's a 14-module um, a training um, package. It's uh, pre-recorded webinars by me. But we wanted to give the operators a very robust um, pathway to recreating their work areas, their departments and their cells through visuality, their hospitals, their hospital uh, processes through visuality. Okay? And we've said, as you remember, that it's really important for the trainer to have a good understanding of visuality. The trainer will learn a great deal by training visuality. There's only so much a training package can do. And then the trainer, by finding the words and by having conversations with people, maybe it's the family or maybe it's a church group, about what the visual world is like, the trainer begins to own the material. And I've had many, many trainers whom I've trained come up to me with some new discovery as though they've discovered visuality for the first time. And it's kind of, I bet you didn't know this, Galsworth. Oh, yeah, no, really? Oh, how interesting. And basically what's happening with these trainers is they fall in love. They fall in love with the material. The teaching becomes a passion. And that passion carries them. It carries them. The operators, and in this case we're focusing on operators, but it's the same way with supervisors, engineers, CEOs. They identify the forms of motion that plague them, that create struggle in their work. They answer their unanswered questions, mostly organized around what do I need to know that I don't know right now in order to do my work, and then later, what do I need to share that others need to know that I need to share in order for them to do their work more safely, more completely, better quality. So operators look for that. They invent visual solutions as the answers to those questions. They're answers to local challenges, local information deficits. Because as you know, visuality is a language. It's about information sharing. And it's about meaning. And so the operators, supervisors, CEOs become visual thinkers within their own area of functionality. We spent some time talking about the training room, as you know, and we talked about the metrics. And I'll do a whole separate show on metrics for the training or the implementation function, but I'll mention them now. Tracking the utilization of improvement time, tracking the applications, for the quality of the solution and also the quantity. You want to have not hundreds but thousands of visual devices. You really do look for a multiplication. You look for the shape and the quality of the work culture. You expect to see a change there. You expect to see an ownership and engagement. And by the way, what I expect to see on the applications 
uh, aspect is weirdness. I like them. I like these devices to be weird. I like them to make my socks roll up and down because I've never seen them before. And you will also measure increase in productivity, 15 to 30% increase in productivity. You'll see linearity in your on-time delivery, safety, quality. And those improvements in perhaps you call them KPIs will be the result of the utilization of improvement time, the quality and quantity of visual devices because they are eating up the information deficits that used to plague that same work environment, and a work culture that has quality and sustainability. Okay? Those are the results. Those are the results, and they have tremendous impact on your KPIs. And as we train these, as we train visuality, what we're really doing is using brain function. We are using the faculties of the mind, and it's why I said to you last week in the third and fourth segment of the show, we are providing a feast for the mind, a feast for the mind, because we're natural visual beings, and therefore we live in our senses, we live in our minds, we live in interpretation, we are naturally interested And what we do through visuality in the workplace is we train people, we teach people to be visual thinkers. They are naturally visual beings, beings of their senses. And to do that, this is a big point, this is a starting point for today, is we show them very cool visual devices. Not just lines and labels, but borders that are dazzling, even if you are still high inventory, And even with problems in quality, you can show fantastic visual devices that capture your current system, capture it, and begin to minimize the information deficits. But the devices have to be cool. Around here at Visual Thinking Inc., we call them teaching slides, teaching devices, devices that hold the principles of visuality rich in layers. They please not only our senses, but they appeal to and challenge our logic. We learn through them. They teach us. And the clever trainer will present them and simply say, not, let me tell you how this works, but what do you see? Tell me what you see. Tell me how you think this works. Tell me what's going on here. And you make sure that people think about that. And the way you do that, and you'll remember this, is that you'll say, turn to your partner. I want you to talk to one other person. If you happen to be sitting at a table where there's five people, then fifth person, please try to find someone else. But if there is no one else, okay, okay, I'll let you talk in threes. But what you want people to do is be able to look and have just one other person to turn to and say, what, it, what, it, what does she want us to do? Well, she wants us to say what that thing is up on the screen. What is that? And then, of course, as a trainer, you are listening for this. And you say things encouraging. You can do it. You guys are great visual beings. You already know. You just have to find the words. Just start moving your mouth. Words will come out. 
and they're going to be the right words, go ahead. I know you can do this. I want you to tell me what you see. Just start. Tell a story. Tell a story. Tell the story of this picture. And people then begin to talk amongst themselves. They hear their voice perhaps for the first time that day if they're operators. I've had operators come up to me and said, I've never heard my voice in public before. And I've been working here for 17 years. This was in the 1980s, but nevertheless, your workplace may still be like that. You may be training in that environment. You may be the trainer. Give people a chance to find their voice and kind of just get the the rust out, (laughs) get things lubricated and find the words and listen to the words of others and begin to build a description. This is absolutely required when you train. You do not talk, 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 talk. You'll do some of that, but it will be very crafty. And at some point you stop and you say, okay, your turn. Tell me what you see. And you give two, three, four minutes. If you need to, you bear the silence. You have to bear the silence. You have to feel as though you're failing. But as you're failing, or you think you are, you're noticing who is saying what. And then you stack the decks a little bit. You don't talk to the person who is obviously struggling. You say, okay, I'm going to call on three people and I want the first person I call on to start a story. And I want the second person to either continue that story, in other words, build on what the previous person said, or start your own story. And tell me what you see. All we're asking for is tell me what you see. And they'll say something like, so you begin, and the first person will say, well, you know, and you'll know that the person feels clueless, but perhaps less clueless than other people in the room. And you just say, you know, John, just tell me what you see. It's going to be okay. There's no wrong answer here. Just what do you see? Well, I see a yellow line. Okay, describe that yellow line. Well, it's fat. Very good. In fact, it's three feet wide. I throw that in. Help them along. Three feet wide. Very good. What else do you see? It's very long. Yes, it is long. It's 25 feet long. Excellent. And, and tell me what's to the right, right of it and the left of it. Well, I see, I see pallets and they're slanty. Yeah. And what do you see right beyond that? Well, I see the aisleway. Yeah. What do you see on the other side? Well, I see pallets, but those are really stacked up very high. Okay. Very good. That's a great beginning story. Now I want someone else to pick it up from there. Somebody may raise their hand, but if they don't, I am going to stack the deck a little bit and say, how about you, Marianne? It, I was kind of overhearing, I hope you don't mind, kind of eavesdropping, but it sounds as though you saw some stuff also. What did you see? And um, she'll say something like, well, you know, I was looking at that wide yellow line going down all that, those pallets of whip, and it occurred to me that that wasn't just a line. That was a walkway, and at which point I will say, bingo, and you know there's a name for that, Marianne. It's very good eyesight. That is a wide walkway, and it's called a person with border. So let's make up the story about why there would be a person with border in this plant, and people, and you're coaching them, you're leading them through questions, you're giving them a few 
keywords, and eventually they'll say, well, this is a high-whip plant. They haven't, you know, done what we've done. We've gone lean. We don't have piles of whip like that, but these folks do. That's a tremendous insight right there. And you go on a little bit, and you're doing this. You're not telling them how it works. You're making people see, and you're making people talk, and you're accepting what they're saying, and you're making whatever they say right, except on those occasions where you say, wow, I've never heard that before, and you know what? I don't even know where to go with that. Can somebody help me out, which has happened to me a plenty. But when you get that in place with this border with this person with border yellow line going down three feet wide, 25 feet long. What about these slanty things? Anybody drive a forklift around here? What do you think that's for? And it's going to be bingo. Oh my goodness. Those, the slanty part, the outside border is for where the forklift can zip in and out easily. Fantastic. You guys told such a great story. That is the story of this picture. And I want you to know that the people who put those pieces together were thinking visually, that what you are naming are principles of visuality, and they put them into practice. And that's what this training, what this course is going to be about, learning the principles of visuality and putting them into practice so that someday I'll be showing a picture of what you did and let people peel the layers away. Isn't that exciting? Of course, it's got to be exciting to me. I've got to love it, and I've got to love the reveal. And I want to say some more about the reveal after we come back. And yes, we are going to talk about that airport. I'm going to say Racy word now, that airport urinal. (laughs) If you were here last week, I bet you can hardly wait. And if you're here this week, I bet you can hardly wait. Okay, so cover your ears. I'll be back right after the break. The business community's first choice in Internet talk radio. Voice America Business Network. Are you ready to bring the power of the visual workplace to your company? Gwendolyn Galsworth, visual workplace expert and award-winning author, is available to help you harness and maximize that power. With nearly 30 years of hands-on experience, Dr. Galsworth shows you how through in-house seminars, site assessments, total company conversions, keynotes, coaching, and consulting. Learn about visuality through our books, DVDs, on-demand webinars, visual edge learning packages, and a host of other teaching materials. Enroll in the Visual Lean Institute and get trained and licensed as an instructor or QMI affiliate in any of our nine core visual workplace courses. Keep your visual workplace going and growing. Visit our website at visualworkplace.com to learn more about workplace visuality, our products and services, and when Gwendolyn will be presenting near you. That website again is visualworkplace.com. From the boardroom to you. Voice America Business Network. You're listening to The Visual Workplace, work that makes sense with Dr. Gwendolyn Galsworth. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's toll-free, 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to radio at visualworkplace.com. Now, 
Back to the program. Welcome back. Welcome back. This is Gwendolyn Galsworth, and welcome to our third segments of the visual, third segment of the visual workplace today. And we are deep in the throes of talking about training visuality, where the trainer takes lead responsibility for creating a new way of thinking for the people who are entrusted to his or her care. And this is a careful designed event where you stay very true to what I'm about was is teaching people how to see. And when they see differently, they're going to think differently. And part of what I want to do today, which we are in the middle of right now, is to share three things. One of them is creating and using excitement and intrigue. Pretty much what I was doing just before the break when I was talking about the border, the yellow person with border, 25 feet long, the slanty borders, and really letting people devise or invent what those visual devices mean and what they say about the plant. So we're not just saying, oh, here, look at the border going down the middle of the whip and the slanty borders here to facilitate the truck, the forklift driver. Not at all. We would throw the opportunity of this marvelous teaching slide away. What we're doing is tell me what you see and people then get used to seeing. And they get used to the idea that what they see means something. They begin to practice that. What am I seeing? What does it mean? You may remember that I mentioned that uh, several times uh, over the last few months. One, sometime in the spring when I was talking about conducting a site assessment, and we begin our first site assessment the way we're going to do at Rose City Printing and Packaging by walking the floor and in silence so that our brain can kick in the the people on the tour 20 30 40 people will simply be exercising those two sentences what am i seeing what does it mean what am i seeing what does it mean it's the seeing part that is hard to begin with because we are not very frequently invited to actually see through what is customarily there. Therefore, we miss it. We miss its import, its meaning. We miss its story. What am I seeing? What does it mean? Creating and using excitement and intrigue. I'll say more about that in a moment. Second thing I want to do, and we will have time for this today, we will have time for this today, is to talk to you about the two main or prime principles of workplace visuality. Prime one and prime two, and I'm going to leave it until we get there for me to tell you. And the third thing is using motion as a lever. Motion, as you may remember, is the way that we are able to tell when visuality is not there, when there is not visual information sharing or not enough. We see motion. We see moving without working. And you, as the trainer, use that as a lever. You use it as a spade, as a shovel to dig into what isn't there. Okay? It's very, very important. It's also so interesting. Because when you teach a new way of thinking, you look for ways to interest the mind. I sometimes say it this way, to inhabit the mind. 
You inhabit the mind. You fill the mind with new experiences. And there's sensory experiences. So you want the new experience, but what you also want is enough of the old framework for the mind to follow the logic within what is familiar. So you're showing a picture of piles of whip. The new stuff are the devices. The new stuff is the person with border, three feet wide, 25 feet long, the slanty borders. So you're looking at the old framework of piles of whip, but suddenly you see the efficiency of these devices in handling a traditional manufacturing environment. So there's some new, but not too much and not too fast. And in that way, people can track with you. And, you know, if you're one of those trainers that likes to show off how smart and clever you are, do it somewhere else. Don't mess with my visuality with your ego. Oh, that's very harsh, I suppose. But I need to tell you, trainers, that you need to have enough confidence in yourself to know that you're going to excel at teaching so that others can learn. And therefore, you got to get good at other things than showing off how smart you are. you got to get clever at helping people learn. And they will only learn if you teach. If you teach. And you have to, to teach, at least in visuality, you have to intrigue the mind. There has to be a feast for the mind. You have heard me say often that the most efficient way to access the mind is through pattern. Remember, I say the mind is a pattern-seeking mechanism. The mind will continue to seek a pattern. Even when it's found the first level of pattern, it will then find the second level of pattern. And when it has the second level in place, maybe it'll be put put in place through visual devices. It'll say, wow, I did a great job. But then the mind will say, okay, what's next? I'm hungry for lunch. And the mind will seek the next level of pattern. This is the condition, the nature of the mind. It is another way of describing precisely the process of continuous improvement. We've got it built in. The mind is a pattern-seeking mechanism. In the same way, when we teach visually, we present the familiar pattern, and then we ask people to enter it, see it a new way. What is new about this? This is very much the psychology behind the reveal, the brain function behind the reveal. You know the reveal that we see on all the radio shows. We show people the known. They think they know what to expect. You know that person is overweight, not well-dressed, or that house is, you know, run down, not very nice. But they also know that there's something new that's about to be shown, about to happen, about to be revealed. And try as they might, they can only guess at what's coming next. Guess at what's coming next. There is a sense of excitement, of intrigue, of, to quote Tim Curry, Dr. Frankenfurther from the Rocky Horror Show, there is a sense of anticipation. Anticipation. Remember how you say that? Anticipation. He did it much better than than I'm doing it. But we anticipate, we're intrigued, we're engaged. And that is a pretty close description of the charge that I attempt to build when I teach visuality. 
It is my platform. It's my theater. I want people to be intrigued, to be challenged by what their senses are telling them or not telling them. I want to engage the body, to enlist the body, to engage the senses, because visuality is a mechanism of the senses. We could call it sensory workplace instead of the visual workplace and focus on all the senses. Smell, hearing, touch, taste, and also sight, visual. But it, because we're sight dominant, we call it the visual workplace. But we are enlisting the senses. When we enlist the senses, we enlist the mind. I'm going to talk about the urinal, and then I'm going to give you another example in a moment. Remember the, the point about the urinal at Schiphol Airport in Amsterdam is that the reason we think this is our assessment. The reasons that, that Schiphol Airport has the cleanest men's room in the whole world of all the airports is because there is a fly etched into the face of the porcelain of each urinal. Each urinal has the fly, a fly with little wings, and little feet, little head etched in, life-size fly etched into the porcelain, baked on, slightly to the left of the center and about six inches above the drain. Cleanest men's room in the world. Nothing hits the floor. I don't want to get more graphic than that. Otherwise, they're going to give me an X rating here and I won't be able to talk to you. Because we are compelling behavior, we are sharing information, we are not putting up a sign that says, please, gentlemen, be careful. We are instead engaging the mind and compulsively men will, you know, take aim and then we're safe. We've got a clean floor. This is the very substance of visuality. This is where, but what I'm talking about now is teaching through that picture. So people are getting it and they're getting it on such a deep level, on such a level, level of pleasure and enjoyment. They're saying, wow, this is so cool. They're not going to run to their uh, their pastors and their priests and say, oh, those people are teaching inappropriately. They're going to say, wow, I live in a world like that. I live in a world of visuality that is compelling my behavior because somebody was smart enough to figure out how I can do things, how how to get me to do things that I would otherwise make a mistake on. And one of the gifts of teaching visuality in this way is that we begin to see our world in a new way. The world is the same, but suddenly we see what's in it. We see how to, how the world makes us do things because the visuality out in the community, in our roadways, in our airports is much deeper and much more complete, much more manipulative, if you will, than in the workplace. I'm trying to change that. That's my life's work. That's what I've been doing for the last 31, going on 32 years. To get that information embedded, our operational intelligence embedded into the living landscape of work. We cross a street seamlessly. We stop at the light. We stay within the lines. We slow down when we're in the car after we hit the first speed bump because we know the second one is coming. No one has to supervise us. 
That person who wants to supervise us can do something else. They can, by the way, become a leader of improvement instead of micromanaging us. You want that experience in the training room. I want that experience. This is the way I teach visuality. So the learner has a sensory experience. I know if I can get the senses engaged, the mind will follow. I spoke of this. Well, I'll give you another example right after the break because Matt is jumping up and down at me right now. Okay, talk to you in a minute. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Are you ready to bring the power of the visual workplace to your company? Gwendolyn Galsworth, visual workplace expert and award-winning author, is available to help you harness and maximize that power. With nearly 30 years of hands-on experience, Dr. Galsworth shows you how through in-house seminars, site assessments, total company conversions, keynotes, coaching, and consulting. Learn about visuality through our books, DVDs, on-demand webinars, visual edge learning packages, and a host of other teaching materials. Enroll in the Visual Lean Institute and get trained and licensed as an instructor or QMI affiliate in any of our nine core visual workplace courses. Keep your visual workplace going and growing. Visit our website at visualworkplace.com to learn more about workplace visuality, our products and services, and when Gwendolyn will be presenting near you. That website again is visualworkplace.com. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now, toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. You're listening to The Visual Workplace, work that makes sense with Dr. Gwendolyn Galsworth. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call one 866 472-5790 that's toll free 1-866-472-5790 or send an email to radio at visualworkplace.com now back to the program hi hi welcome back I'm going to jump right in. We're in the last segment of our show. I've got seven or eight, nine minutes to cover some key, key points. So when you teach visuality, if you find yourself push, push, pushing, you're doing it the wrong way. What you do is you, you create this interest, this engagement, this intrigue at the visual world itself populated by visual devices. You intentionally pick what you teach from those examples because they hold the principles, because they hold the intrigue, because people are going to say, wowie, zowie. You want it to be pull, pull, pull. You want their intrigue to pull more, to pull more out of the picture, to get excited, to own the devices that they're seeing because then they're going to be owning the thinking. Do you remember over the last couple of three years, I talked to you about the impact of high contrast double colored borders or double colored tape, the impact on the, the body and the mind? Do you remember I said, use double colored tape sparingly because that yellow and black, that's the double color, yellow and black, white and black, red and black, fuchsia and black. Use it sparingly because those double colors are designed to clash. 
to vibrate. And when colors vibrate, the mind, sorry, the eye cannot focus on them. The eye cannot rest on them. And that's what these double colors are designed to do, to not allow the eye to rest, to focus. Because when the eye can't rest, the mind is disturbed. The mind can't rest either. And when the mind is disturbed, it goes into alert. And we become vigilant and hypervigilant. And if there's danger around, then we are in a state of alert. And if you overuse that, then everybody is in a state of high alert all the time. And everybody is slightly crazed, slightly nervous because they're, you know, alert, but there's no danger. We often see these double yellow borders, colored borders around brooms. And I mean, I know the entire family of brooms throughout the world. Not one of them will attack you. They're very, very nice. As a species, you couldn't find a nicer group. The brooms are friendly. They'll cooperate with your hand. There's no danger. They're not going to jump up and throttle you. And yet I'm in high state of alert looking for, you know, who's going to attack me now? (laughs) But when we teach, we teach that. And people say, oh, wow, isn't that interesting? That's my brain functioning. Now I get it. Oh, wow. The purpose isn't just to get you to stop using, overusing, overusing. You need it. The red and the black, the fusion black, totally important. Those are chemicals. It's radi- radiation, blah, blah, blah. You need that. But the overuse is dangerous. But we talk about that. We enlist the mind, the body, the senses, and people get it. So I'm going to move to point number two. So you teach through these examples, but then you layer in principles. You call them out. You name them. And in visuality, there are two primary principles. There are about another 20, especially if you're doing smart placement. But the two primary principles, I call them prime one and prime two. Prime one is to tell by looking. That's kind of like to tell merely by looking. And prime two is to tell the difference merely by looking. Prime one and prime two. And there's a huge difference in functionality between simply to tell by looking and to tell the difference by looking. So you build awareness around that through your examples. And when you do, you are then introducing the intentional use of information as part of the visual paradigm. We are no longer simply considering that visual devices cause us to respond the way the double color borders do or the way the urinal at Schiphol does, but that our bodies respond because they're receiving, and this is the important word, new information. Information about how to behave or how not to behave, what to do or what not to do. These devices are not so much things as they are answers, instructions, specification, information. And you teach that. And when you group all those answers together, you realize as we teach, we teach exactly this, you realize that these devices are answering one or several of only six questions. The six core questions. If you've read my book or been to my training or been trained completely in visuality, maybe you're a visual workplace trainer and a dazzling one. The six core questions. 
where, what, when, who, how many, and how. You make them visual. So we begin by saying to tell by looking, to tell the difference by looking, we begin to see visual devices as information, as answers. And gradually we bring folks along. To be a brilliant visual trainer, you must bring folks along. You must start them with intentionality. You must enter into their experience, the sensory world. You must command the pacing in the classroom so people can experience, reflect, absorb, and comment. They are learning. Experience, reflect, absorb. They comment on it. They think again. They apply. They own the thinking. This is the feast of the mind. It isn't entertainment, but it feels really good. It is intriguing. It is challenging. It is growth, growth in thinking. Whether or not that trainer is training supervisors, operators, or CEOs, and believe me, with CEOs, my job is to seduce them through visual devices, to get them utterly intrigued, and then show them how to use that those same dynamics in their leadership. When I do that, I get people hooked. That is my purpose. Every single person in the room, I know the ones who are hanging back, and it may take me a couple of sessions to get to them, but I will get to them. And I didn't get today, I'm sorry, I didn't get to motion as a lever. We'll do that next week. Shame on me. This is the second week in a row I didn't get to motion as a lover, but I am going to do it next week, and I am going to tell you about some cows I met in Colorado, some cows I met in Colorado who just shivered my timbers. They taught me so much about visuality, more than I could ever imagine that visuality could do, visuality for the cows. So we might also parlay that over to a device for folks with Alzheimer's. Such an interesting world, brain function and visuality. I want you to love visuality and become passionate about it because you want to learn more, trainers. You want to learn more. And when you want to learn more, you will teach, teach well, and you will learn from your students. I had a wonderful time with you today. And now I have to go. I got to go. So I'm going to say this is Gwendolyn Galsworth, and I am signing off. We appreciate your joining us this week for The Visual Workplace, work that makes sense. Please tune in for another episode next Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific, featuring your host, Dr. Gwendolyn Galsworth, on the Voice America Business Channel. Thanks again for listening.